Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Hello, America. Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show, freeing America, one enslaved mind at a time. Thank you so much for joining us. And to our friends around the world, because we do live in a global community, Welcome. We are brothers and sisters in the search for freedom. And right now, this planet's being run by self-appointed demagogues that think they have the right to dominate you and do anything they want with you. You're nothing but a piece of property to them, and we need to turn that back. Hey, we ask people to do two things when you come here. Number one, please subscribe, because that increases our reach, increases the algorithm. And number two, please share this work far and wide. We are running out of time. Someone asked me last night when I spoke to the tea party here in Arizona, and they said, well, what can we do? And I said, right now, the best course of action is one becomes 10, 10 becomes 100. We need to spread the word. And this was specifically about what's going on with Maui, uh, the UN involvement with uh, their smart cities and this and that and the other, and the horrible treatment of the people of Lahaina where they're treated as non-human beings. I said, we need to spread the word because the mainstream media has taken orders. Shut up. Go away. Pretend it never happened. Why? Because we're kicking butt and taking names. <laughs> this, <laughs> we are having a huge impact right now. We really are. And we need to keep this going because Maui is the hill to die on. But speaking of the hill to die on, we're going to be talking about these may be the only lights you see in what they labeled the dark sky exercise uh, that I just attended this morning. Uh, fascinating. And before you know, we go to our first break, I just want to say this. They conducted this meeting um, with respect, no uh, condescending attitudes. Uh, they uh, were polite, respectful. They weren't arrogant. No one rested on their laurels about who they are, or how many PhDs they had. They just gave to what they believed were to be fact-based information. I thought they soft-pedaled some of the consequences, uh, and I think some of what they were doing was a setup for an in-person conference they're going to have this January, which unfortunately I can't attend. I would if I could, but I already have a commitment during that time. Uh, and I would be fascinated to go. Uh, as my broadcast partner, Doug Thornton, says, uh, and by the way, DHS supervisor, defense contractor, he knows how this game is played. And and he told me, he says, quite clearly, he says, we're going to have grid down. We're going to have grid down. And they talked about cyber attack as well as EMP. I don't think EMP is likely. I, I truly don't. China wants this land. They're going to be given this land if possible, and they don't want to take over a country that is so destroyed. But that doesn't mean some rogue group somewhere to hell with China. We just need to kill the great Satan. So we're going to look at both what I learned today and also um, what I know to be true today. And I won't soft pedal the results. And I thought we got a little soft pedaling, but me keep in mind here. They had pretty good presentation here. I was I was impressed. I really was. And it wasn't the uh, globalist think tank in your face. We know more than you kind of presentation. It wasn't that way at all. Hey, um, need to lose weight? In our train, prep, and pray mentality that we're going to need to have, I'll tell you, if this event goes down, you better be in much better shape than you are. And that's true for yours truly, for you, for you, for you, for all of us. You need to lose weight. You need to lose as much weight as you can. 
And not that anyone really is just terribly obese. Some are, but some aren't. But the more lean you are, the better that you can withstand hardship. And this product right here, Keto Elevate, is your ticket towards weight loss. If you make no changes in lifestyle whatsoever, yeah, you're diet resistant, you're insulin resistant, whatever the case may be, you will lose weight because the super fat burning chemical MCTCH in here, main ingredient for fat loss and all the different types of keto diets. But this diet's easy. It doesn't restrict you. It just says, take this and be reasonable. Now, imagine if you also start exercising. Whoa. Now, do they guarantee the results? Yes, they do. 60-day money-back guarantee. This is Biotrust, people. We know about Biotrust, great products. They also publish the research in layman's terms so you can understand it. They say, this is what we know. This is how we do it. Too bad our federal government doesn't do this. They just say, trust us, believe us or else. Biotrust is just like, this is what we offer. This is what we can prove. And this is how we're going to make it available to you. I absolutely love Biotrust. And this product will help you lose weight. And there's all kinds of really cool perks in addition to the 51% off and the 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to Keto, K-E-T-O, KetoWithHodges.com. That's KetoWithHodges.com. <laughs> this is, now you see it, now you don't, right? <clears throat> Let me talk about generally what I found, and I I will shift through my notes here. So I'll be very note-dependent here. Most of the time, you know, I know what I want to talk about, and I come on and I do it for memory. But here, because this was a linear, really well-thought-out presentation, I want to make sure that I'm true to what they said. But then I'm also going to bring in my two cents, because it is something that I have written about extensively. It's something that Doug and I have done shows on. And we'll continue to do so because we are both of the opinion that this is where things are going. Uh, the exercise was called op- uh, our Operation Dark Sky, or Black Sky, I should say, Operation Black Sky. And um, this was their um, first Black Sky event that they've done. They've done other things. And the presentation was about 75 minutes long, and it included some simulations, a couple of mock scenarios. And and I know they were trying to be entertaining and keep people's attention, but for the very serious people, they really didn't need to do that. I think most of us had an awareness. There was also an ongoing chat line uh, on the right-hand side of the presentation. I got to tell you, I wished I could have done both equally because some of the chat line was fantastic. Some of the people that were in the audience were just as knowledgeable as the people who were presenting, and the things and the insights they were offering, absolutely incredible. Um, Okay, let's get down to this very serious topic here. They wanted to look at four possible causes for a grid-down scenario from what they would call natural causes. One was extreme solar storms, and something I didn't know. In 2012, we missed by a week where we had rotated on our planet through through the solar system of having basically half the grid taken out by the part that faced the sun. It was that bad. It was a bad, 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 bad solar storm. So um, we had a near miss in 2012, but extreme solar activity could really disrupt our communications, our grid, everything else that could go down. And we are entering a period of high solar activity. I know some people are afraid of this. That wasn't specifically addressed in detail, as I wished it would have been. I talked to uh, Stephen Benoon, you know, formerly CIA Israeli intelligence, and I interviewed Stephen uh, today for a show we're producing for tomorrow. And Stephen... Um, said a lot of solar activity going on and so and it's something i hear a lot so that was number one number two they said mega quakes and they said we have a probability of having a mega quake that will have serious uh grid interruptions uh, we have a seven to ten percent chance over the next 50 years so not high odds but odds enough to where you need to be mindful of this natural occurrence then they said the pandemic, and I'll tell you, this is where I, I felt that they felt they had to say this for whatever reason, but they didn't elaborate on it. Okay, so you have a pandemic. I'm not sure the lockdown proved its mettle. 
In other words, were the lockdowns effective? Um, did it prevent transmission? I haven't seen any real data on this, and, and they did not go there. And I was hoping they would go there. I really wanted to hear what they felt if we had another lockdown, okay, how could this possibly lead to a grid down? And that connection was never made. That question was never answered. And, um, you know, I wrote on the little chat board that, but, um, you know, they had hundreds of people, um, probably a couple hundred people from around the world. That's one thing. People from Mumbai, Italy, uh, Hong Kong. I mean, people from all over were on this uh, presentation. And um, that question never got addressed. And then the fourth category they had for natural disaster causing massive grid down was climate change. And again, just like the pandemic, they did not address a cause and effect relationship. Um, uh, and I just like I said, if we're going to say it, then at least spend two minutes talking about it. So we know what you're talking about rather than list these things, but not give it any attention. Um they said, basically, you losing power, us losing power as a society, a civilization, both nationally, regionally, globally, uh, comes down to two things. A cyber attack, well, actually, it's three things, cyber attack, EMP, or a war. And they mentioned Ukraine. Let me just say this. Ukraine is not going to lead, other than in Ukraine, it's not going to lead to a grid-down scenario outside of Ukraine. Now, if the Ukraine war were to go nuclear, now we're into one of the uh, the other categories. You have, well, this is, you don't think we're monitored and interfered with? Look at this. This should not be happening. Huh. Uh, here is my cell phone turned upside down right here. How? bizarre is that but we have all this we have this happen all the time so glad to report this is a sign my grid's not down so i get to continue of course if it was you wouldn't be hearing or seeing me right now anyway okay um cyber attack was one way they talked about again just bizarre okay so grid's not going down here that's for sure okay cyber attack and Doug Thornton, with his experience, believes that cyber attack is the way it'll go. I agree. Uh, the Chinese have expressly said that they are going to take over this continent. They are going to go occupy it. And by the way, what they also say from Weifang, defense minister, circa 2017, when a text from a briefing he gave the Central Planning Committee of China, he said, yeah, we're going to occupy and we're not going to cohabitate, which means genocide. Uh, and they don't want to come in and have to rebuild an entire country, which is very hard to do after an EMP. It would be a decade-long job, even if you had the generators. By the way, all the generators for recharging, it's all in China. It's all in China. We couldn't do it ourselves. Okay, so cyber attack, EMP, cyber attack, probably more likely. Uh, nuclear war. Well, what you get into there is you get sheer destruction, but you also get the EMP effect. So I would categorize that as as damage, destruction, plus an EMP. So I guess that would be like a, a one, you have a two, and then you have a two B, which is uh, the war, a nuclear war. Um, there were some real standout people I was impressed with. Um, and uh, I might do a follow-up later as I do more research on these people. Uh, the host was just a delight, and, and I've seen enough of what she's written and done, uh, and I'm sorry if I mispronounced her name. She's from Spain, but I believe she's Eastern European. But anyway, um, Lahai Rodam Ganani, and I had some interaction with her on email uh, before the conference um, as they were setting this up. Uh, delightful host, extremely knowledgeable, really did a good job moving things along, and then they had a gentleman named Avi Schnur uh, from Israel, and um, uh, but perfect English, absolutely perfect. And he has his hands in every important defense agency in the United States. I read his bio prior to the conference, and I wish we could have heard more from him, but he, he tended to facilitate, then stepped out of the way and just listened. All right, now let's get down to what the three areas were that they looked at. They looked at... Um, 
water, finance, and electric. Now, the water should catch your attention, and something I've not dealt with in Maui, and I should have. This was a short-sighted mistake on my part, but my gosh, I've done over 30 videos on um, on Maui and Lahaina. Uh, but the water was uh, bad, real bad. Uh, water treatment became non-existent. So the people of Lahaina and surrounding areas outside Lahaina were getting really bad water. And there was all kinds of bad stuff in it, really bad stuff. So they couldn't drink their water. They wasn't even safe to bathe in. And I'm getting reports today that some people are still having difficulty getting drinkable water. And what's really tragic and criminal is this is what all the locals say. So governor, stop denying it because it's true that the that FEMA, uh, Hawaiian authorities, and uh, the Red Cross, like they have some kind of legal authority. We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here. And we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call buryyourgold.com. And what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground. And you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold. Not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to buryyourgold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Did you know that the World Economic Forum now, they in the last meeting they convened, they actually had a water board there with water experts, and they tell us our water is in danger and they have to take control of our water. Does that bother anybody? I'm sure it does. And I begin thinking right now about water safety. We already know there's lead in the water, chemicals in the water. A lot of it's not safe to drink. But we have the answer for you. It's called the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. It's the best there is. And scientifically, they leave nothing to doubt as they publish their research at waterwithdave.com. And it's my choice for water filtration. Gravity powered. It reduces 206 contaminants. It targets heavy metals, fluoride, chlorine, and viruses. It is the best there is in the business. And you can read all the research on this simply by going to water with dave.com that's water with dave.com save eighty dollars for a short time already they were intercepting uh supplies of food and water and medicine and wouldn't let it get through to the people tulsi gabbard uh addressed this as well too and so uh that was criminal and the water is a huge problem in maui still um so therefore i said it I don't really have an answer other than we just need to supply. But um, the water, if if your grid goes down, um, you're going to have two problems related to water. One, like in Los Angeles, for 10 million people, they have to pump the water supply over a mountain range. If you got a grid down, that water is not getting there. And within about two days, the entire city is going to be out of water. Can you imagine what will happen then? This is, they didn't talk about this. This is something I know and I've written about with regard to Los Angeles. Uh, That would be absolutely horrendous. And they're not the only community that's in that situation. Wherever water has to be transported, if there is a grid down and you don't have a huge backup generation system that say that's... uh, still doing it if uh you don't have a huge generation system 
you'll have a huge problem getting the water to where it needs to be. So one is the supply aspect. The other part of it is I already mentioned with Maui, it's the um, um, contagion aspect. Water would, uh, because you wouldn't have the process needed to purify the water, which takes energy, then you would have a real problem. And they said this very clearly, solar and wind alone won't get the job done. And there were comments in the chat section from people who work in in various levels of government that were um, attending this conference, and they would write in a little chat board about the real problem will be keeping the water clean, and we can't depend on alternative sources of power. We need direct energy. Hello, Joe Biden. Are you hearing this? That means a fossil fuel. Joe Biden, that means fossil fuel. That's what these experts who are attending this meeting, people who already work in the field, were saying right here, and this was a non-political discussion. There were no politics involved here whatsoever in this discussion. And and yet the people were saying, uh-uh, uh-uh. Alternative sources of power are a good thing, but it ain't going to be good enough for this. So the water would be a huge, huge problem. And they said they believed the attack on the water system could come as simple as like a ransom attack. And that's like if you turned on your computer and you'd see the skull and bones kind of thing and they got dramatic with it. And I thought it was kind of interesting. They had Times Square, you know, the, the, the jumbotrons. They had the skull. They had the lights, uh, around it go out. It was pretty incredible, but they said the real threat here would be on the water. Um, they said another aspect of this too. They called it industrial water. And I've never heard that term before. And I've written extensively on this, but it was a term they used to describe the fact that uh, industry needs water to keep going. That's true. And if you don't have water, industry grinds to a halt. All of a sudden now you've got damage into the other sectors. And they called this an intersector report. And this is an example of what they meant by this. They were saying that you could, how would you, uh, uh, get to where you could uh, either irrigate your crops. Uh, that would be one thing. The other thing is getting them out of the ground into market would be a problem. Okay. Uh, and the water that's needed to maintain an industry, that's a problem. So, but I think a lot of it's linked to the food supply, but it's also due to just getting things out and going. Uh, so that was a real problem here. Let me turn over my notes here. Yes, I did take notes. That's why I did not participate on the chat line because i thought it was really important that i gain as much information i would like to have interacted on that chat line because i think there were people on that chat line that were just as qualified as the people presenting um they also talked about too that water would prevent people from having um an incident command center because they'd be scrambling for the resource now, they didn't say this directly, but I can tell you what the logical conclusion is. We know on the third and fourth day in Hurricane Katrina that critical service people like policemen, they left their jobs. They left their jobs permanently to go protect their families. And they also said this, too. They said it will absolutely be important uh, that official people who are in charge of, like, incident command centers that they have their needs taken care of as well as their families. And see, I agree with that. That's where the Hurricane Katrina lesson comes in to where people left for their families to provide for their families. And so I, I think that's really a good thing. But what they're also saying is we can provide those needs for leadership and first responder types, but the average person, well, you're kind of screwed. The other thing they mentioned too, and this disturbed me, This was the only part of this that I thought bordered on political, and I wholly disagreed. They said that when an event like this happens, whether it's grid down, uh, whatever it would be, they said, ignore the media in the early parts of this. Uh, I think that's absolute bullcrap. In fact, if we look at the Maui tragedy, the information that we got on those school kids that are missing the true information that you could then later go verify by the Department of Education statistics on their websites, you got the truth in the first day or two. After that, then it was about managing the information and damage control. And so usually the earliest reports you get are usually the most truthful and usually the least censored. But And by the way, it was Avi Schnur who's connected to a lot of the, uh, shall we say, 
spooky guys in intelligence. Uh, they were saying this, and I said, um, only listen to official sources. So if there was anything political, it was right there. Okay. And what did Josh Green, the governor of Maui, say, our governor of Hawaii, say um, repeatedly? On uh, day three, when they had the first new co- news conference, you know, burn day plus three, he said, don't listen to social media. They don't know what they're talking about. You know, hey, hey, Green, Green, you had people at Ground Zero that were getting on social media telling their story of survival, how they got their cars blocked. They had to abandon their car and jump the seawall and get into the ocean. So... Tell me how that's not accurate. Um, I totally disagree with that. Um, they also said for businesses and people, now this is one thing that I think you can take a lesson from, and it's something we're going to have a family discussion about in the Hodges household. Uh, they were talking about to get through the initial crisis, you need to survive 72 to 96 hours without help. So three to four days. And they said, you need a fuel tank and a generator. I think a solar generator is good. I truly do. Uh, in fact, I was interacting with a friend of mine from California. who does some work for me. And uh, he was talking about a solar generator today based on what I told him I was going to attend. I think it's you need to look to have alternative for three to four days. Can you hold out for three to four days on your own? Now, I think long-term food supply is absolutely a paramount requirement. Absolutely. Uh, I think as much water as you can get as well, too. You need months of both. Because if it's EMP, you're going to need months of both. Okay, so that was the water aspect of it. The second area they talked about was finance. And they didn't want to talk about this. This wasn't intended on their itinerary. But as an implication that was unavoidable, and they even made some side comments on this, CBDC came up, Central Bank Digital Currency. And I was like, wow, these people are being fairly forthcoming. And I say fairly, because they didn't come out and they weren't as blunt as I'm going to be here in this section, but let's get into what they said. They said, first of all, they said that if it were a grid down scenario, the most likely end result would be a domino effect of banks going down. In other words, they didn't think you'd have a systemic bank failure across the board. Now that wasn't said directly, but by the way they addressed the problem, they were addressing it as if the banking problem would increase over days and it wouldn't be just a slam dunk down, you're, you're over. Um, and I thought that was a very um, interesting statement because I've never thought of, I thought either the banks would be up or they'd be down. Um, now, what they also said is they have to have a way to communicate with customers. I think that was pie in the sky. There's no way in hell the banks are going to care about communicating with customers. If you have a catastrophic grid-down situation, the customers are the people they worry least about. And you know why? It's what I say every time when I talk about Dodd-Frank and letting Noble Gold help you. It's this. The Dodd-Frank Law 2010 says the banks can keep your money. You're an unsecured creditor. It's totally unconstitutional, totally illegal, but it's what they're going to do. So they could care less what you think. And... uh I think that these people weren't being disingenuous. I think they were being idealistic. That's how I saw it. I didn't see any malevolence from this group whatsoever. But uh, to communicate with customers, that's going to be the least of their concerns. They did say that they were concerned about a run on the banks, and that would be the reason for the communication with customers. If your bank is up, and this is one thing that I think that they should have said, let me tell you this, they're going to shut – if you got a bank catastrophe – that's sporadic, let's say across the country or even across the planet, the last thing they're going to let you do is get your money. We have people right now that are having trouble getting money out of Wells Fargo, Bank of America, out of Chase. And we've run some of those stories. And and this is the part of their presentation I couldn't have disagreed with more. The banks are going to be possessive of what they have in it. 
there will be no bank run. Now, they did say um, bank runs, and I'm doing a presentation later in the day where the economy is starting to go south, and bank runs are a real possibility there. Okay, and the banks need to do some PR. But what I'm telling you is here with a crisis like an uh, EMP, it won't matter. But if it were a grid down scenario, cyber attack, um, they're not going to they're not going to worry about runs on the bank. They're just going to keep the money. Um, the uh, here's the other thing they said too: that if your banking system is catastrophically damaged. And they said, then, of course, repair, and they're taking the optimistic long view. We can build this back. But the problem is, is this, and I, and I thought this was pretty insightful, that cash would placate the people. In other words, if you can't work with ones and zeros in the computer system, cash would be something that people would have to rely on as a means of exchange. And I'm going to add outside trading and bartering, which would certainly come into play. And they did not talk about that. But cash, interesting. But then they said this. Listen to this very clearly. They mentioned a couple of European countries, and they said uh, getting the cash out to the people would be problematic because so many of these countries are going cashless. Uh Uh-oh. Who ran a story yesterday or two days ago? Brazil, Israel, Finland, Norway, Sweden. CBDC. This was their indirect reference to CBDC would not do well in this situation. And the thought occurred to me. Let's say you had some talented hackers. Maybe they're even connected to, I don't know, some random country like America's military And they don't like how things are going down and they see the end of their country, Canada, America, wherever. And they launch a cyber grid attack and you're on CBDC. Your system's screwed. Cash is the backup for the credit cards that do not work. Cash is the backup because you can't use the FedNow system to pay your bills. This is catastrophic. It's something I hadn't considered before. They didn't say it that directly, but as they were unveiling this presentation, I was saying, my gosh, they just gave me another reason to not want CBDC. CBDC is vulnerable to this because of the centralized nature of the control of the economic system. Attack the central part of it, the system's gone. And don't tell me that those groups out there who'd be opposed to CBDC would not attempt to do such a thing. I think that was a really, really important aha moment I had. And I, I, you know, they took a few questions from the audience. We remember you had a couple hundred people and they might've answered three or four questions total at the end or covering about seven minutes. I wished I could have asked that question. Aren't CBDC nations more vulnerable to this? Wouldn't the effect be more catastrophic and long-term? I know the answer is yes. All right. Um, the Common Sense Show is proud to be able to bring you some very special deals for my pillow. For example, they've got half off my pillow bed sheets, more than half off their slippers, their sandals, their mattresses, their topper covers, women's lingerie. Now, they have extremely great products, as you all know. Ladies and gentlemen, right now go to mypillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. Mypillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges. They said redundancy of communications is really important. And I'm actually thinking about ham radio for myself. And who knows if I have time to do this or if I'll ever need it. Um, But they said ham radio will make a comeback. And then in the chat line, some of the people who worked in local governments from around the world were saying, yeah, you can't get the kids interested in this. And um, But they said ham radio would really be a necessity as far as rebuilding communication. They say they have backup redundant communications in the banking system. But if one system goes down, what makes you sure that the other system is going to survive if it's not vulnerable to the same attack? And I don't have the answer to that. Now, could there be a parallel system that's a 
national security secret? Perhaps. What's interesting, it was at that point on the chat line that was going that people started typing in October 4th, 2023. Do you know what that is? I've talked about this. October 4th, 2023 at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. They're going to do a national defense drill in which every device, so this computer I'm turning to face, this cell phone, every device, my smart TV that's behind us here, all those will be commandeered with messages the government chooses to put on there. That's what I understand is coming. Now, you can actually read about this, government websites. They're very open about it. Um, They say it's just a drill, and I have no reason to believe otherwise. But I also have to be mindful to say there's such a thing called snap drills, where you practice for something and it turns into the real event. It's deceptive. You disguise your intentions as a drill, and then you spring it on the victim. I'm not saying that's going to happen on the 4th. I have no idea. But I'm saying I didn't know they had the capability to screen capture every single electronic device. But they claim they do. I think they're testing whether they do or not. And I think the beta test is for some purpose that we're going to have to put our heads together and figure out. Right now, I don't have that answer. But this test isn't just being done randomly because it's time to have a test. Since when does this government do civil defense drills? They don't give a crap whether people in this country live or die. And I'm talking the the leadership. We used to do civil defense drills. Do you remember that? Uh, If you guys who are in your uh, 60s and 70s, you may recall that they did that when you were a child. Conrad drills, go into big buildings in the basements. They'd stack them with food. You had the civil defense stickers that would say this is the place you'd go, you know, in case of a nuclear attack. The schools did drills. They were ridiculous. Get under your seat, you know, put your hands behind your head, pull your knees up, and as we used to joke, kiss your blankety-blank goodbye. Um, we used to do those drills, though. We did. At my elementary school, I remember, like, first, second grade, we had to take canned food on a regular basis that they would store in a storeroom, along with water. That was responsible. We were in the Cold War period. Government doesn't do that for you anymore. They're doing this drill for a reason on October 4th. And the reason is not your safety. Your safety does not matter to these people. Because if your safety mattered to these people, they wouldn't be taking away the military's ability to defend ourselves by stripping all possible outlets of oil retrieval for the military. And we're in the middle of that right now. And I've talked about that. Um, I was hoping that would also come up about what's happening with oil because they said they needed regular energy to maintain some of these systems that would help a system be resilient to these attacks. But they stopped short of going after Biden for what he's doing with oil. And I said it was a non-political event. Okay. So um, here's something they also said too, with regard to finance. And you could tell these people are really concerned about the psychology of the people. And they said, you have to find a way to calm the people down. You know, Josh Green, the governor of Hawaii, should have attended their trainings. Because everything he did, when you lie, when you say, we're not going to allow developers to come in, and we're not going to touch the land of Lahaina, but I rezone the whole island, and I can do whatever I want to do. Ha, ha, ha. Um, Someone should have brought him in and said, Josh, if you talk out of both sides of your mouth, You're going to get caught. They're going to see you for the liar and deceiver that you are. And that doesn't calm the people. That inflames the people. Just look at what we're seeing on YouTube with regard to the survivors. Do they seem very happy? Do they seem like they trust government? No. So I thought that this addressing the psychology aspect was really intelligent by this group. We have to find a way to calm the people. And they said backup communications are going to be extremely important to assure people, although you may not get your money in the moment, it's all safe. It'll all be there. And they have to find a way to communicate with the people. I think that's easier said than done. But boy, was that interesting. That was an interesting section here. Uh, And what I'll tell you this is I looked at water and I looked at finance. I can tell you right now, 
And they even alluded to this. We don't have all the answers. Yeah, there were serious gaps in their approach. And these were experts. And a guy on there with Homeland Security Connection, uh, disaster management for a particular region of the country. You know, you have all these highfalutin experts. And they're telling you, we don't have a lot of answers here. And that's how I would sum up what they said. And these were intelligent people. You know, you hear some of these authorities in uh, Maui speak. uh, And and I'm sorry, I'm going to just be straight up honest. Three out of four of these officials I've heard from are buffoons. They should never stand before a microphone and speak to the public. And especially when they're trying to deceive the public, they just do a piss poor job. Uh, These people were polished, professional. They were articulate. They were polite to each other. Um, I was impressed with the quality of the people. And they're telling you, we don't have a lot of answers. We are very vulnerable. Keep this in mind, because at the end of me reviewing this exercise, I'm going to tell you some things they didn't tell you in this drill that should scare the living hell out of you. Um, They said that uh, they reviewed the electric part of it. That was the third part of the presentation. And they said, particular hurricanes, pandemic, and war. Again, they developed the hurricane idea, and I get that. But that would be a regional outage. That is not a systemic national or global outage. That's regional. When the grid goes down, maybe it's Florida, it's Georgia, it's South Carolina, okay? But you're not seeing everything from Florida up to Minnesota. You're not seeing that. So to me, they were saying the electric from hurricanes, I don't think it's that severe. Uh, if you have a region, a small region of the country down, those people can be taken care of. They can be resupplied quickly. Hello, you hear that, Josh Green? Something you didn't do for the people in Lahaina. Um, then they talked about pandemic, but they didn't develop the idea. Again, for the second time, I'm telling you, they mentioned pandemic, I think, because they felt they had to, but they had no direct linkage between cause and effect and mitigation. They had nothing in there about this at all. And uh, that was my one criticism of them. They didn't deal with the pandemic and climate change aspects. They just mentioned them and let them stay. Uh, The war, yeah, war could be systemic in its effect. They said that we must maintain leverage control over the grid. I have never heard that before. But then they explained it. And the way I understood it was they want interdependent systems where if a segment of the grid went down or one uh, group's grid went down a certain part of the country, Uh, It could be overridden by an interdependent uh, grid rescue system. In other words, transferring of energy. And they said they would prioritize hospitals and military. Now, I would like to think they take care of the people, but I have to be honest, in a crisis situation when you're doing triage and you're trying to decide what your greatest needs are because you can't meet all the needs, I hate to say this because this sounds uh, terribly globalistic, uh, something you'd expect from the World Economic Forum. But I have to agree. They said that we prioritize hospitals and the military. You don't want to get invaded when you're weak. I totally agree with that aspect. And you're saying, well, Dave, that means maybe some of the people won't get what they need and people can die. I realize that. That's what we call triage for. But it's one of the tragic decisions you might have to make in a crisis situation. You better have your military intact because you're most vulnerable to attack. Of course, China and Russia would never do that to us, would they? Oh, Russia might, according to Biden, but oh, not China. They're too nice. Enough of the sarcasm. The other area that they said we'd prioritize would be hospitals. Uh, I agree to a point, but I don't think hospitals outweigh your general population. That's my value system, but I didn't see that reflected there. Um, They said they wanted redundant systems of communication. Excellent idea. But they also said, from my understanding, we may have a ways to go. Yeah. I can tell you this. Now, this is where I'll bring in some personal things from the past. In about 2010 to 2012, my congressman at the time, Trent Franks, assailed President Obama when he was doing the beginning of the Grid X drills. And this drill, by the way, is called Earth X. Interesting uh, similarity. But uh, he said, You don't have power for a long period of time. You're going to have other catastrophes. Are you ready to hear what some of those catastrophes be, my friends? This is bad. If your electric was down for any length of time, 
And I've written articles about this. And I quoted people like Judy Haar, who's an expert on this very topic. And I believe I wrote the article like 2013, 2014. You go to the website, do search engine at the common sense show.com and you can pull that up and you can read it. And uh, I wrote more than one article on this, but you would have meltdown, nuclear core meltdown. If you couldn't provide water and largely due to electric failure, and particularly if it was an EMP, particularly, but even with a serious grid down, this would be a problem. Then you would get into the possibility of catastrophic meltdowns. And not all nuclear power plants, I learned 124 in North America at latest count, until Biden begins to systematically close the ball, and that's what they're going to do. Um, and maybe it's a good thing if we have this, because these nuclear reactors could turn into nuclear bombs. And if you had 124 of them go off, there wouldn't be anybody left on this planet. And it could just emanate from North America. It would be a horrific uh, doomsday, end-of-Earth, planet-killing situation. Um if you only had a few of these go off, it would still be catastrophic for North America. And the global economy would be non-existent. Nothing would be shipped. You know, the BDI, Baltic Dry Index that measures international trade, would go down to zero. Nothing would move. Starvation would become the major cause of death. Unless you were in the immediate uh, nuclear zone, and you would die of related causes, depending how close you were. But the heat core meltdown is a real problem. When I wrote about this, it's kind of interesting. Um, outside the protocols that they should have done, people from Palo Verde, which is a nuclear facility about 50 miles from us, 60 miles from us, as the crow flies, I heard from these people. And then I heard from some other people at various other locations, like in California. And they thought my articles, I thought, were hard-hitting. And I thought people think I was just fear-mongering, so I tried to kind of like soft-step, but I wanted people to know the danger. But I didn't want people to say, oh, he's just trying to scare us. I got accused of the people who know, work in this industry, that I was soft-pedaling too much. They said, Dave, this will be catastrophic. We might last two to four weeks without electrical power that's reliable and also the ability to obtain water. This is a horrific situation. And my congressman took an active role in this and repeatedly wrote to the nuclear, nuclear regulatory uh, agency. He wrote to Obama repeatedly. He brought it up on the floor of Congress. And all he got was birds chirping. No one cared. He came to my church, uh, Trent Franks did, I believe it was 2012, and we had... A um, few thousand people there, it was a large church, um, and people there, a lot of veterans, because we weren't far from Sun City Retirement, and so there were a lot of 60- and 70-year-old people there then, uh, and these people um, were spellbound. You could have heard a pin drop. He played a 20-minute video of what could happen, and I have to admit, you know, I don't shake easily when I see things like that i thought this is bad and we got a president who seems like he doesn't care if this happens does that sound familiar today do you think biden would be concerned about this and the people said no this was not addressed in this presentation and it should have been if i had a major criticism of this presentation as good and professional as i thought it was this was a major, major oversight because failure in water, failure in the electric could lead to meltdowns of the nuclear plants. And that is huge. And this should cause you to lose sleep because it's a real possibility. Do you know about the 12 mullahs in Iran? And I've said repeatedly, near me. The Iranian government's as evil as any government on the earth, including China. The Iranian, the Iranian people, my belief from my interaction, what I've observed, the Iranian people are good people, family-based, loving. I've seen evidence of it over and over. So this is not about Iranian people. This is about 
the religious leaders that run this country called the mullahs. Do you know that they actually, in fact, actually Glenn Beck covered this when he was on Fox right after Obama uh, was inaugurated and he covered this and he had on some Jewish rabbis and other people that looked at the mullahs and said, this is what they want. They have a belief. And I think it's a perversion of their religion. I don't think it's their religion. I think it's what they try to make their religion into. Okay. It'd be like calling Jesus a circus clown. And they are talking about how they'd like to have the end times. They want to have catastrophes so they can approach end times and fulfill the destiny of what they want to see happen. <laughs> Excuse me, both on a spiritual level uh, as well as a physical physical level. And um, these people are doomsdayers. They are. They want doomsday. It's, it's clear. And if you go look this up, um, you'll find lots of evidence to what I'm saying. And I bet their attitudes scare the hell out of people in the Iranian military, the Iranian population. They got to be, but they're like the sacred cows in their society that can't be touched. And there are people who would like to see these catastrophic events take place. And if there's an EMP that comes out of the world that does what it's going to do, and they didn't address this in the conference because they did not go political. I'm going political. A nation that's going to fail, a nation where leadership is doomed, is a nation that could put one nuclear missile on a ship disguised off the east coast of the United States. And they actually did cover this as far as an EMP. And they could take another ship off of California and launch. And then you have two high-altitude nuclear blasts, and that would be your EMP. And there are, I believe, groups, and I think Iranian leadership is one of them. Not China. It's not Russia. Unless it was a doomsday and Russia's going down the tubes, I think that's a different matter. And we know that the big nations do have doomsday weapons. But I I do think Iran would be a key component of a group that would be sophisticated enough to pull this off. And Let's say that happens. Now you're into a one second after scenario. And this is where they didn't go any further in their presentation. They dealt with more of the cyber grid takedown, which I believe categorically is much more likely than an EMP. But if you're dealing with a very desperado group, within two years, 90% of us would be dead. We have no generator re, uh, uh, rebuild capacity in the United States. All the generators are in China. Do you think China would help us? They might help us to our country as they come and take over. But I think they'd let the thing extinguish itself for a couple of years. We'd be turning on each other. You'd have resource shortages like we've never seen. And people become desperate. And we'd be like wild animals competing for the same resources that are limited. Disease would become rampant. Sewage could not be taken care of, which is also true in a uh, cyber grid takedown, too. Um, Your military would almost become non-functional. Maybe critical installations like nuclear, Cheyenne Mountain, uh, continuity of government bunkers under D.C., those might remain functional. I would believe they would. But in terms of the general population and most of the military and almost all of industry, there's no functionality left. It's a total catastrophe. And it would be worse than uh, Judge Dredd or any of the other disaster movies of their type that, you know, shows this. Escape from New York. Any of those kinds of movies are calm compared to what would happen. Um. This is the part that should worry people because there are people crazy enough on this planet to do such a thing. Now we have satellite detection for nuclear radiation and we can pick it up in the bowels of a ship, even in the bowels of a submarine. I understand that. But to say that the systems of detection are absolutely a hundred percent reliable 
I think, is arrogance that could be deadly. This is scary, scary stuff. And now Biden has set the path for Iran to build a nuclear weapon of its own, as if China or Russia hasn't already supplied one or two or 20. We have a real problem in regard to this. And these people didn't touch this issue. You know why? Tell you why they didn't. It's not that someone told them they couldn't. I don't think that was part of it. I think it's because they don't have any answers. The training and their expertise can't account for the crazy psychology that would do such a thing. And the catastrophe might scare people off from coming to their conferences. Because people can only take so much bad news. So anyway, let me uh, turn over here to my final page of notes. Um, The one thing they did say, though, and see, they hinted on the back door that they knew how catastrophic an EMP would be because they said this. We can't depend on computer-based sources to survive. We have to go to old methods. And this is, again, where the topic of, like, ham radio came up. Um, And they said there's another problem, too. An EMP may not take out an entire area. It may take out segments of areas. But they said the people who are stuck in the affected zones would be on their own because there's very little infrastructure cooperation. That came through for the people. They had a panel, a separate panel for each one of the three major areas. And uh, it was kind of interesting. They brought the three panels together after their individual presentations in their three areas. And they said, well, we'd like you guys to interact with each other now. And there was this big, long pause. And one of the moderators kept chiming in, trying to get things going. The fact that they didn't immediately start interacting with each other from the three different domains speaks to the fact that there's no inner cooperation between various power grids agencies of the government there's no plan for compensation and that's frightening this is really as i looked at it other than hardening our nuclear uh, facilities against these effects uh this to me was the second most concerning thing that i saw the fact these people didn't even interact very well and in a productive manner uh parallels the fact that if one area of the country is in trouble they're on their own if that area is big enough and uh, I put exclamation, exclamation, exclamation here. And I wasn't the only one to notice this. In the chat, some of the people were making, you know, sidebar references to what I'm telling you here as well. Um, they said this, too, about recovery. And I think this is interesting. This will be the last part of the presentation. They talked about when an event happens. The first thing you got to do is life-sustaining. This is something that uh, the people in Hawaii and their state government failed miserably for the people of Lahaina. They did nothing for life-sustaining. It was uh, Tulsi Gabbard. She was a notable that got involved and tried to help, but it was Hawaiian helping Hawaiian, no government help. That government was a block. I saw this pastor, A.J. Frag, and they were... Um, raising money for supplies to go to the survivors. And I saw him in a sermon from his church say, do not put any of what we're doing on social media. Our supplies will be intercepted. So much for life-sustaining, huh, Red Cross? Huh, FEMA? Huh, Governor Green? Huh, Emergency Director Adaya? So much for life-sustaining. But they did hit the life-sustaining part for generally. How would you keep people alive? Food, water, and away from pestilence, disease. Sewage is going to be a huge problem. That's why it's something I need to give more thought to, to composting. And you should, too. As gross as that sounds, it's something that we should all be considering. And then they said... You have to then move from life-sustaining after about 72 to 96 hours. You have to get into uh, life-supporting. And that means trying to get back to normal as quickly as possible. 
And they said they found this like in Haiti and in Puerto Rico where they've had these disasters. Uh, the life-sustaining part was really challenging, but transitioning from sustaining to supporting was real hard because the sustaining, they said, got in the way of the supporting. I thought that was really interesting. I'd never thought that you could life-sustain your way out of blocking your ability to move towards more permanent support. And they said the return to normal was paramount to do it as quickly as possible. Um, And then they got into the cash aspect of it. They said, we can move cash to cover the problems to make sure the suppliers are getting paid. But if our electronic systems are affected, we're not going to be able to pay the vendors and therefore recovery is going to be very difficult. Hello, CBDC advocates. Besides the total enslavement and control of everything you do and so forth, this is dealing with disaster management. CBDC has no component to come back from. And this is another aspect of where they took a stab at CD, CBDC without taking a stab at it. They didn't say central bank digital currency is a bad thing. They talked about the importance of having cash which is the antithesis, the very opposite of what CBDC would have. Cash should be over. And so what I've been saying to you is CBDC is the issue of our time, provided we don't go into a nuclear war. That is the number one issue. And the, they these people are hitting on one aspect of my concern. The one thing that these people said that I really respected, because it's one thing to get up there and be a professional with all your experience. You know, the world in your area is watching you. Your career, um, your reputation is on the line when you come out like this. And these people across the board said, we have a lot of gaps. I thought that took a lot of courage for those people to admit that. Because we certainly don't get that out of our White House or Pentagon briefings, now do we? We don't get any sense of humility whatsoever. None. You know, some of us might have forgiven, or at least somewhat forgiven, the officials in Maui, from the state of Hawaii and the county of Maui. We might have been a little more understanding had they said, This hit us so hard and so fast, we made mistakes, and we're going furiously to make up for it. All we got were lies. That's all we got. Everything that could have been done wrong, from the sirens, the water, the blocking the exits, and now the humility of saying, okay, we're kind of on our feet now. Now we're going to move forward. We wish we could have done this sooner, but all we can do is the best we can do. I would have been more forgiving of that attitude than I am of the bullshit that they did to those people that cost lives. It cost them lives. And these people here in this drill, EarthX, had the humility to say, we got a lot of work to do. And that was a universal statement I saw from many people was how humble they were. Yeah, we can do a lot and we have a lot planned. But there is a lot of scenarios where we don't know if we can really deal with. And that was my biggest takeaway, was at least we have people in those positions who are willing to say we got work to do, and you're going to assume they're going to go do that work. I think that's a really good thing. However, those people will also be under government control, and this is where politics come in. So these people may have the most pure motives to do the best for the most people in the best way possible, but then politics of a Josh Green or a Joe Biden comes into play and it costs lives. And this was really my big takeaway. Good professional people wanting to do the right thing, humble in their approach, despite their tremendous background and resume attributes. And then they're subject to two-bit politicians controlled by corporations for their own needs. That's why I'm telling you, Maui is the hill to die on. We cannot leave these people behind because the work of these good people that I saw, and no, I didn't agree with everything, but I saw enough to say, at least we have responsible people doing responsible things here who are talented and intelligent.
and I think well-meaning. And I'm fairly discerning about character. I didn't even see a sign of arrogance there at all. Um, I'm glad I did this. And when they do it again, I'm hopefully I can get in there again. Um, it was better than I thought it was going to be. But I walk away so distressed because I know good people can have good efforts that are stopped by politicians like Josh Green, the police chief. And we're seeing a firsthand example of doing everything wrong. And here you have people telling you how to do things right. That's it for the Common Sense Show. Thank you for putting up with a long presentation, but I think we'd all agree this is really critical, would you not? Um, let me just say this. I should say this in closing. The preparation mantra that I like to give you is appropriate here. Food, water, guns, gold, ammo, natural medicine, and tools. And that's just the beginning. And then we're looking here at solar generation. You know, if you need a fuel supply, these are things that I think we all need to take into account. Um if they publish the video, it's not this secret cabal thing I thought it might be. It wasn't at all. It was strictly straightforward information giving uh, and, and no BS. But if they make this available, either the transcript or the video, we'll put it up on our website. Thanks for joining us. Um, make sure you check us out over on the thecommonsenseshow.tv because we bring in experts to tell you how to deal in these unparalleled times. And this is something that Doug Thornton and I, and I'll rely heavily on his DHS crisis experience and training. We will be exploring this in more detail. Um, I'm hopeful I can get him uh, a copy of this and um, we'll go from there. But anyway, I hope you found this productive and I hope this motivates you to some kind of action, which if the worst does happen, and I hope it doesn't, but if it does happen, we all can increase our chances of survival. We'll see you back here next time. God bless. We at The Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at thecommonsenseshow.tv, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at thecommonsenseshow.tv. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee.